What is up, everybody? Welcome to the 14th edition of the Near Mint Hockey Card Podcast. I'm your host, Elon Dubrovsky. With me, your other host, Ryan Krieg. Hello, hello. I've got a skill testing question for you, actually. Oh, no. We are going to be covering the West slash Pacific Division this week. Can you name a player that wears number 14 in <laughs> in in the teams that we're going to cover today? Oh man, I when I was a kid, I knew all the numbers, right? Because that's when I was really collecting the hockey cards and like looking at everything. Like I can tell you, Theron Fleury, one of my favorite players uh. growing up, number fourteen. But now you're putting me really on the spot, and honestly, like no, I don't know. I can't. Like this is like we've just lost listeners. You've cost us listeners. I hope you you had fun doing that. Well, hopefully some of our listeners will have gotten this, but this was a hard one. And I love that you pulled Theo Fleury out there because he's one of the best 14s ever. Um, there's only four that I know of. There's Adam Henrique. Boring. Kale, Cl- Kale Haig. I don't know. Nicholas Haig. I don't even know his first name. I think his name's Nicholas Haig. Uh, Erickson Eck and Shane Bowers. Oh, okay. So I, I don't feel I shouldn't be that dumb then for not knowing no, this. No, you're good. But it was I was trying to find like a really interesting one to talk about, and I was like, wow, like there's not a lot of 14s over there. Yeah, but there are some interesting players not number 14. There sure, and those are. are who that's who we're going to be digging in today. So we're I guess part three of our four part series going through every team in the NHL and saying who we think is the player that you should be investing in the most. And again, it's like we're like evening it out. So it doesn't matter if it's someone whose young guns cost a buck or young guns cost a thousand dollars because we're like making a fictional exper- uh, you know, thought experiment. You've got like 10,000 to spend. You have to buy. So you can either buy like 10,000 cards of the, of the $1 guy, or you can buy 10 cards of the thousand dollar guy. Right. And the goal is to make money one day. And so that's kind of the way we're thinking about it. And we've had a lot of fun going through the Canadian division and what we thought was going to be the Atlantic division. Now we actually know the official division. So we were a couple teams off uh, overall, though, pretty close. Yeah, so we kind of had to plan this before the actual divisions were announced, uh, and we got pretty close. Actually, the West Division we're doing today is exactly as we expected, but last week's, um, I guess, what is now called the East Division, uh, we had Carolina and Columbus in, but it will actually be Boston and Buffalo. So you'll hear, uh, I guess, after Christmas now, we're going to do the last division And we'll include Boston and Buffalo in there. Right. But for today, we're going Pacific. We're going to get all those crappy California teams and some good teams as well, including Colorado and and, uh, Vegas. So I think I'm ready to get into it unless you have your classic, the Ryan's. We should have a name for this segment. Ryan's News corner yeah right uh, tweeted us at keep uh, not at keeping carlson at nearman hockey <laughs> even if you tweeted at keeping carlson i'll see it too but uh like let us know uh, what you think we should call this segment of the show which is becoming a mainstay yeah the news of the week i think i'd be remiss not to mention the world juniors starting up on christmas day um canada's team is studly kirby dak is our or doc i should say is our headliner <laughs> um an interesting piece of news was every returning player that played in the NHL that comes back to the World Juniors so far has won the MVP of the tournament, guys like Ryan Nugent Hopkins. So I'm stoked for what Doc can do. Um, I think his card value could go up, as well as a lot of these guys that are playing. Their card values could see some increase. Guys like Broberg that just came out in the recent Series 1. Um Bowen Byram. Bowen Byram, same series. 
and uh, I can't even think. There's a few more um, that could be really positively impacted by this. Yeah, honestly, I kind of feel like in fantasy, the World Junior Championships is the perfect time to sell your prospects. So maybe it's the same for hockey cards, right? Because like everyone's going to be so excited about Broberg, whatever, having a couple good games against Finland and decide that like he's going to have a Hall of Fame career. And so they're willing to like give you a, be- a better return in a fantasy trade. But I guess hockey cards also, right? It's all about hype and you know, next year's World Junior Championships, we'll be talking about different players. And so if the player that does a really great job this year, if, if he doesn't like translate that to NHL success right away, I'd expect the value to go down. So yeah, now's the time maybe before the tournament to buy a couple, but also be ready to sell. I mean, Kirby Doc is a little different, but now I'm seeing in the chat here, Doc injured. Mathieu, with, is this oh, breaking no. news? That's, what happened? That would be really sad. Stop the show. Um, stop the show. Yeah, I was about to say, like, if you're going to be buying anyone that's playing in the World Juniors, like, almost, like, do it after you watch the Near Mint uh, live stream, but, like, go buy them right now, because as <laughs> soon as the puck drops and Canada starts destroying teams, like, those values are going to skyrocket. Um, but, yeah, you're right. Uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to increase their value for sure. Kirby Doc left the ice after an incident or an innocent looking hit caused an awkward angle on his right wrist or hand. Okay. I, I, I don't know how I did such a bad job reading this tweet. <laughs> I'm like scrolling and trying to read. It looks like a hand injury. I'm looking at the highlight now favoring his right hand. And uh, well, I guess this is a live show, so I can't stop and read more, but yeah. I guess that's a bummer. That is I mean, I don't actually care that much in terms of like, uh, like obviously I hope he's okay and I hope for the Chicago Blackhawks that he's okay like you know Team Canada on the World Junior Championships I feel like over the last couple of years now like now that I play fantasy and now that I you know and now getting into hockey cards and all this like I kind of like all the teams like I just like care about the players that I think are cool and not as much about like Team Canada I don't know if that's like a hot take or like a bad thing to say as a Canadian I mean, but uh, I, obviously I hope he's okay I don't want yeah. I don't want like a really fun player to watch to be hurt fair enough I mean I'm gonna have a completely different perspective because I love the World Juniors and love cheering for Canada um, what it will be interesting is if he is out, who replaces him? I uh, saw a tweet just now because I have a like a set on Kirby Doc. I'm seeing all tweets that mention his name. It says Mercer takes Kirby Doc's first line spot. All right, all right. So maybe that's a card now to uh, to buy in on. I don't know if he has one yet. Dawson Mercer doesn't have a card. I don't. Oh, what are we supposed to do here? So. Well, you can get that's a CHL or his Team Canada card. Yeah. By the way, uh, Connor McMichael, also someone on the team yep. who uh, has a card out in this new set. So, okay. By Oh, Joe Valeno, by the way, is someone that Matthew and I drafted pretty late in our Dynasty League just recently. So I hope he has a good tournament. And maybe, Matthew, if you're, you're right here, so let's get ready to trade him as soon as he scores a goal. See what we can get in a return. I don't think he's playing. Valeno's not playing? Like today or in the tournament? Like, I don't think he, I don't even know if he's eligible anymore, but he's not, he didn't make the team. I'm looking at the Canada HockeyCanada.ca 2020 IHF World Junior Championship roster, and I'm seeing Joe Valeno on this list. So I don't know you what to tell you. You have to look at the 2021 roster. What? What? Oh, my God. I'm embarrassed. <laughs> Should we just restart this whole show <laughs> for real? Just start the show over. Okay, no, now I'm let's kidding. get into the plan for the, the thing. Sorry, I blew it, and... 
it's what I get. It, it, it's my karma for saying that I'm not necessarily cheering for Team Canada. Yeah, I agree. I like watching the tournament. Don't get me wrong. It's just yeah. now I'm like interested in so many players. It's hard just yeah. to cheer for this this team. Anyway, okay. Uh, let's get into it. So we've got all these specific division teams. We're going to go through. We've come up with our picks. We're going to start in Anaheim. And that's a very hard team to decide who to invest in because yeah. it's a team that has a couple of studs, especially since last week you've introduced me this idea that we don't even have to pick players that are currently on the team. Right. So I could say like Paul Correa or maybe a little more recent, I could say like a, a Corey Perry who's no longer on the team, still in the NHL, but I just don't want to, like, I don't know. I don't see a reason for these guys to go up anytime soon. Ryan Getzlaff is obviously had a great career. He's probably a hall of famer, right? I, I think so. I think he has a good shot for sure, given his track record of winning Stanley Cups and gold medals and being the heart of Anaheim for so long. Yeah. So, but like, uh, do we think his cards? Go- I don't know. My answer is not going to be Ryan Getzlaff, though. I mean, if I saw a good deal on a Getzlaff young guns, yeah. I'll, I mean, sure, but I don't expect him to like have a huge surge anytime soon. I think, okay, so now. And I know, okay, when it's your turn, you could do the same thing. Because I know I'm going to blow up your spot and say your name. So I'm going to just name every player. Like, I'm looking at it as either we sort of have the current best players on the team, which is not a very long list, right? I'm looking at, like, Ricard Raquel, who I think, you know, he had that one really good year. Then he's been kind of quiet over the last couple of years. But I think if Anaheim, like, Anaheim obviously has to, like, do something before anyone's going to care about any yeah. of these players. But, like, assuming at some point, let's say in three years, you know, they do have, like, a decent prospect pool. They've got Steele and, and Troy Terry, Matt Max Comtois, like, I don't know, I'm sure there's some other names. So it's like Zgrass, of course. So I, I expect that this team should be good at some point. And if Ricard Raquel is, you know, still around, I could see him potentially being like their top scorer on their first playoff run that they go on. Maybe not. I don't know. It depends how long, <laughs> how far away it is. Yeah. And Raquel's cheap. So that's a good one. I see here a, a $3 Raquel Young Guns that wow. sold just recently. So I could definitely get behind where he's a five. Probably you're going to expect to spend around five bucks, I think. So maybe I'd just pick Raquel. Another, I think, obvious option to consider is John Gibson, just because he, he's actually like a very good goalie. He's been really caved in the past couple of years. And even the great John Gibson wasn't able to withstand the onslaught that no. the Anaheim D, which used to be like a very strong decor. And now is like kind of laughable over the past couple of years. So, okay. So that, then you could also go with like a Steeler Terry and just, or a Comtois, or like I could cheat and say Zgrass, even though his card isn't out yet. Uh, I think I'm kind of leaning either Gibson or Raquel. Uh, okay, I think, you know what, give me John Gibson. I think he's probably as lowest that he's, that he's going to be. And I think he's a really good goalie. He's not too old yet. And I think that he might, like, you know, after a bad couple seasons, I think you're going to get his card for pretty cheap. And I think that he still could maybe have a Vesna season in him at some point. Like, obviously, it's so hard to predict goalies. But, like, a couple years ago, people were talking about him as, like, a Vesna favorite or, like, a front runner, like, early in the season. So, as of now, and I'm, I'm ready for you to change my mind, but as of now, I'm thinking of John Gibson. I'm going to look up some card values of his while yeah. you talk. Yeah, so John Gibson, I agree, is a great goalie. I think he'd be a longer-term investment because I don't expect anyone to be super hype about him in the next couple years as Anaheim mm-hmm. continues to struggle mightily i don't really think i'm looking at anaheim generally when investing these days i do think Getzlaff is a little bit interesting because he will be hall of fame or could be um and you know he can get his card for like 15 bucks um i think korea could be interesting no one's ever forgetting about korea 
his PSA 10 you can get for like a hundred bucks. Um, so if you want like a really safe option, go for Korea and that will probably go up as the years pass. Um, but with Anaheim specifically, like, as you said, there's not a lot of opportunity on their team right now. Raquel and Gibson for me are a bit risky cause their team could just suck. Um, so I'm looking towards the younger crop. I think like if Zegers's card was out, that's probably where I'd be at. But for me, I'm going Sam Steele. Cards are like three or four bucks. Um, his PSA tens aren't even really out yet. One sold for like forty dollars, but it's hard to like value it at anything or like say you could get it at that price. But uh, that's probably just where I'd go because he's got the most upside. And if people are talking about Anaheim players, I feel like he's the one. But that's like, I don't know. Right. I just probably wouldn't pick any Anaheim players, if I'm being honest. <laughs> like, I'm a little concerned about Sam Steele. Like, a lot of people expected that he might break out last season, and it didn't really happen. He only had 22 yep. points in 65 games. His previous year in the AHL was decent. He had 41 points in 53 games. Uh, like, I think he's good, but I don't know. I just don't see him. Like, like again, my pick of Gibson, but obviously it's different because Gibson, you're spending like $15, $20 as opposed to Sam Steele, like you said, a couple bucks. I feel like Gibson has that like high ceiling uh, and steel, I'm not so sure, but I guess you can't really. Yeah, this is where it's a boring start it's to the show. A tough one. Like also looking at him and Terry and Comtois, like all these guys were touted as better prospects than they've shown, but they've also been thrust into like the top line of Anaheim with nobody else to speak of. Um, and like, what are you going to do? Um, we're getting a que- asked about Timu Solani in the chat, and I think while I would agree, I think Timu Solani is in the Winnipeg category as far as I'm <laughs> concerned. Fair. Well, he brought up also, Matt, you brought up uh, Shea Theodore. His young guns is on Anaheim, and I actually could see Theodore. Like, he went on such a good roll, uh, like, you know, at the end of last season and into the playoffs. He was awesome. And if he could keep that going, and now a lot of people are thinking, like, I wonder if maybe his offensive responsibilities will be decreased now that Alex Petrangelo is in the picture over on Vegas. Uh, but if Theodore could continue what he was doing, if Petrangelo could settle more into, like, a Nate Schmidt, like, top pairing, but not necessarily, like, you know, top power play kind of guy, which I think is just fine. Like, if your team is so good that you don't even need Alex Petrangelo to be on your top power play, then you know that your team has a great shot. So I think that Theodore actually might be my favorite investment if we're talking about current players in the NHL, but not requiring them to be on Anaheim. <laughs> well, I think given uh, our current structure, Theodore would land on Vegas. I'm kind of done talking about Anaheim. We could jump straight to Vegas if you want to continue that thought process. All right. Let's just go to Vegas then, which was your team to start. So I threw out Theodore, not as my answer, but as a something to think about. But yeah, why would you give me who you thought about on Vegas? Well, I just very quickly first... I want to rant. I'm not very happy about how I Googled Team Canada World Junior Championship roster, and the first link I clicked was this roster from last year. Embarrassed me on my podcast. <laughs> uh, so I don't know if like Google blew it or I think Team Can't like know. World Juniors is typically very under uh, appreciated or under hyped in the media. Like you just don't really hear about it until it's like on TV or like you're buddy that's stoked on hockey which is me tells you about it um so i think they could do a better job marketing it and that's why there's not as much on google because there's not as many articles or whatever 
Um, okay. All right. I'm looking at the real list now. Peyton Krebs is another person on the team yeah. who has a card out. So, so. actually, wow, good segue, Elon. Peyton, is that your guy? Peyton Krebs <laughs> is on Vegas, obviously. We all knew that. Um, his young gun is 5 to $10. Um, and he's Team Canada. I think this is his second year, potentially even third year. Um, he's a really good player. He's more of a two-way guy, though. So in the hockey card world, you want the guys that are scoring a bunch of points. And so I didn't go that direction. Um, Vegas is a weird team, right? Because not that many players that have been drafted by Vegas have ever touched the ice in Vegas. Um, mm-hmm. There's like Krebs and that might be it. Like it's, well, it's, no, it's super, super small. Sample you're size. missing a big name, if I may jump in. Well, I'm getting to a big name, which is probably well, not a, my okay. selection. Uh, I don't know how big <laughs> you're apologize. talking. But um, another guy that, you know, his Young Guns is in a Vegas jersey is Alex Tuck. His cards are like 10 bucks, pretty decent as well. But again, like, I don't know if he's like lighting the lamp as much. Like, I do really like Tuck, but I don't know how much room his card has to grow i consider guys like stone and flurry who are like obviously amazing hockey players um stone's cards are not really worth much yet so there's kind of, there is some interest there flurry's cards are very expensive everyone loves the flower i get it but i don't think that's the direction i'd be going Personally, my my pick is uh, Cody Glass, who is a ten dollar ah. young gun, sixty five dollars PSA ten. Although there there aren't that many out there, um, but yeah, he's got his Vegas jersey on. He's really like ramped it up for them in the last year, and uh, yeah, that's kind of who I'm excited about. Okay, that's my answer as well. All like right. you said that there's not many people they've drafted, and then I was thinking like he's their first ever draft pick. 2017, six overall, picked by the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, and they kind of nailed it. Um, Reed Duke came out in the recent series. Reed Duke, Duke, uh, their first player ever, but I don't think he's really an investment. Yeah, I don't know about Reed Duke, but Cody Glass also might have a really great opportunity this year because Paul Stasny was centering the Mm. second line. There was a stretch where Stasny got bumped and Cody Glass was playing, I believe, with Stone and Pacioretty at the start of the year. And then they ended up shifting back and then Glass got injured. And so it wasn't like the most exciting rookie year that it was kind of like looking like it might be at the start. Uh, But... Next year will be his sophomore season, and I think there's a great spot. Either he plays with Stone and Pacioretty, or maybe William Carlson stays there, and then he plays with Marsh So and Riley Smith, which is not so bad. Oh, Plus, you know, there's man. potentially that spot on the power play. Like, yeah. So I think that Cody Glass could have a really strong second season. Plus, the nice thing with Vegas, but I guess you could say this with any Vegas player, is that I think they're going on a long playoff run. Like, this team is built to win now. Yeah. They've kind of messed up their cap situation for the future, but at least yeah. for this next year, they're pretty stacked at this point. They've got Petrangelo and Shea Theodore on defense. They've got like all these like forwards that I just mentioned. And you've mentioned like Alex, T- Alex Tuck is a third liner. I feel like on a lot of other teams, he'd be exciting, an exciting top six guy on Vegas. He can't even crap, crack the top six. Uh, so yeah, I think this team is going to be really strong. Oh, they also have maybe the best goalie in the league and Robin Leonard now. Oh, and that was flurry. <laughs> well, and flurry. <laughs> like, yeah. Like no big deal. Like, as a backup, that's pretty good. Yeah. Flurry's kind of seems to be fading in terms of his uh, contri- contributions to sure. a potential cup winner. 
Uh, yeah, so I think they're a strong team. And so, yeah, if there's a good player, that might be a reason to just pick one of the fancier guys. Like, if you try to think of who's going to be leading this team, maybe you get, like, that Alex Petrangelo. What a cool story that would be mm. if Petrangelo joins the team and then leads them to the finals. Uh, but Petrangelo is obviously, you're not, uh, you they? know, able to spend pennies. It's not that expensive, though. I'm seeing a, a Petrangelo PSA 10 sold recently, actually, for kind of a lot. Like, Well, I'm seeing buy it now, so I, so it's hard to say. I'm seeing like the Raws though. We're talking like twenty bucks, yep. twenty five bucks, maybe like hundred and fifty or something for PSA tens. I'm only seeing these like buy it nows that were best offers. Right. So I'm seeing like hundred ninety three, but I don't think that this PSA ten sold for hundred ninety three. So I guess I might say Petrangelo just because I think he's beloved. But it's hard not to just say Cody Glass because you can spend so much less money and there's more upside. Yeah, I get what you're saying though. Glass could be overshadowed because the stars of that team are many um but if he has kind of like a cult uh not colton point Braden point emergence uh people could really get on board with the cody glass hype and uh yeah i they ha- they're in a pretty weak division and i think they're gonna do amazing so yeah i, I think it's a good team to look at it, it does worry me that like most of these guys were drafted by and played for other teams for so long um does Vegas even have a captain? I don't. I don't think they <laughs> Another... do. Vegas Golden Knights captain. Let's see. Also, I have a question for you, which might affect the show. But okay, the list of current NHL captains: Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, Mark Stone was named the captain. Apparently. Uh, okay, so that's, that's interesting cool. because I do like the idea of captains as like a strategy. I don't know whether it pans out or not, but like that's the guy that lifts the cup. That's the guy that gets interviewed probably more than most. Um, and he's great. And, and Mark Stone is Mark awesome. Stone. Yeah. But the, yeah. the thing we've talked about on previous episodes, Mark Stone is like uh, this already amazing player and his young guns isn't worth very much. Yep. So it's hard to imagine like what he can do to raise the value at this point. By the way, here's a question, Ryan. Yeah. I did not press record. <laughs> On my side for this podcast. Oh, nice. So is that like something we can download from Twitch? Oh, yeah. I've got the audio recording. All right. So then let's just keep going. Uh, we're not. This episode <laughs> might, not, have sa- not, might <laughs> not be sounding. We already said to start over a bunch of times. So maybe this isn't our most amazing episode we've done. But we still got a lot to go. I actually think it's been really good once it's we got past a, this, a couple gaffes. Uh, but okay, the, if the audio quality is not what you're used to, it's because we're not using the normal audio that I use when I record from my computer. Uh, but let's keep going. So we already went out of order. We were planning to go next to Arizona. Uh, so... Why don't we just go there now? That's another one that you were going to pick first on. I think I have an answer. Didn't take me too long to come up with it, to be honest. Uh, but also I could be convinced otherwise. So <laughs> with that in terms of, you know, that preview, what do you got? Well, I feel like your answer might be Keller, but I could be wrong. Because Yeah, I'm thinking Clayton Keller. Yeah. Like <clears throat> you could get his PSA ten for under a hundred bucks. Easily. And and I think that he's, of everyone on the team, I think he's got the best chance of breaking out as a superstar. Like, that team is so screwed. Like, we just talked about Anaheim yeah. being in trouble. Like, Arizona not only just lost, like, Taylor Hall, who didn't even help that much at the end of the day. Like, he was good, but the team was already not great. They, they dealt with a bunch of injuries. Uh, they got into the playoffs. But anyways, then there's this whole scandal. So they, they're missing, like, first-round oh, picks. Man. 
Like, so there's just no chance for them to rebuild this team that's already been rebuilding for so long and was finally looking like things were turning around. And then going into last year, they had Taylor Hall. They traded for Phil Kessel, which seemed like it was going to be like, good. And that definitely did not work out. And who knows if maybe in the future, Phil Kessel will be able to bounce back. I'm not going to bet on it. No. So at this point, I see like next year, Clayton Keller is their best player. Maybe I could imagine you're going to throw out, if, if you were guessing mine, let me guess yours, that you could throw out a Barrett Hayton and be like, he's someone they drafted. I think it was like fifth overall, a terrible pick, considering they could have had Quinn Hughes and a bunch of other people that are really good. But uh, alas, they have him. He could be the top line center. Yeah, yeah. I mean, see, yeah, I don't think he's going to be a superstar. I think Clayton Keller is the best shot. So my pick is Bayton, Barrett Hayton. Um and you will remember him from World Junior Championships being quite excellent. Um, he's one of the best prospects in the entire league right now. Um, and, like, yeah, like, I think, obviously, Quinn Hughes and other guys made the NHL sooner. But that's not to say that Hayton isn't going to be a really, really, really good player in the league. I could see people talking about him as the best player on their team I don't know about this year, but maybe next year. Um, that's not to say that Keller couldn't also do that because I think I'm really high on him as well. Um, but yeah, I'd just I'd be going the Hayton route personally. But I don't think either of those are bad. They're cheap picks, right? Like for guys that are going to be leading their team, pretty pretty reasonable value. Now I don't know if I'd be really going heavy on Arizona picks, but yeah, I think those two are are clear options i guess i'll throw okay first of all i'll respond i was i guess trying to be a little dramatic here like matthew's saying maybe a terrible pick is a strong thing to say considering this is a 2018 draft and we're just going into 2021 now so i mean just the fact that quinn hughes went a couple picks later i think for sure we can say that the canucks got like a really good break having hughes fall to them I mean, we'll see if, like, also Kakaniemi, who went third, he hasn't panned out yet, but I don't think anyone's giving up on him, and I'm not giving up on Barrett Hayden, but uh, I don't know. Looking at the list, I have a feeling it's not going to turn out. Like, you know, you look at, like, Joel Farabee at 14th, and I could see, like, Joel Farabee and Barrett Hayden having, like, similar value moving forward. I don't, I don't know, know if that's... that one. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to see. What do I know, anyways? Uh, also, Joel Valeno. This one, I'm going to say something correct about Joel Valeno. He was picked in this draft, so we'll see what he... Who was picked in the second round? Let me see if they could find any. It's always fun to look at these drafts and see who, like, really fell far. Sometimes, I guess this one's too recent to, like, have a real stud coming out yet. Yeah, uh, but... Scott Perunovic. Some people are excited about him on St. Louis in the second round, but that's getting uh, in the weeds, for sure. It's kind of an interesting thing. It's an exercise I did, actually, recently, where I looked at all the recent drafts um, to see, like how many players had kind of come out and emerged as, you know, quality or star players. Um, And if you go back to like 2015 or 16, you see, you know, it's like 15 to 20. And the last few years, there's only a handful. So there's still definitely opportunity as far as like investing in a hockey card, because some of those guys are going to make it. They just didn't skyrocket to their NHL teams quite as quickly. So... Yeah, there's some bets to be had, like like Hayton, like Farabee could even do it, although I'm less less psyched about that, mostly because opportunity in Philadelphia is really rough right now, but yeah. Yeah, well, opportunity kind of goes both ways. Like, on one hand, he has the opportunity to potentially play with, like, Claude Giroux, uh, while Barrett Hayton's going to play with, 
like Clayton Keller is probably our best, maybe Phil Kessel. But uh, yeah, I see what you're saying. By the way, I guess one thing in Barrett Hayton's favor is he's still a Calder candidate going yep. into this year. And he's like older than a lot of these guys. You know, like you have Lafreniere on the Rangers, who obviously Lafreniere is going to be a better player. But maybe as an 18-year-old, Lafreniere isn't as good as Barrett Hayton is as a 21-year-old. So like, I think that there's an outside shot that Hayton could if he, uh, you know, but the Arizona is such a mess. But like theoretically, it's not out of the realm of possibility that no. Barrett Hayton doesn't take a run at the Calder, and obviously that would raise the value of his card. Yeah, let's. If he, if he yeah. comes in and like clicks with Phil Kessel, for example, that could be crazy. But obviously, that's very hypothetical. Yeah, I think Clayton Keller is really good. I'd love to see yeah. Keller get some good line mates and see what he can do. I, like I remember that first year, he was really good playing with Derek Stepan, but Stepan has also fallen off. All right, anyways, my uh, backup guy will be Jacob Chikrin, who I think mm. could actually still be on the cusp of having a breakout himself. Like, I think it's gotten to the point where OEL is not a guarantee to be yeah. running that top power play anymore. Last year, Chikrin got a few looks. Chikrin was actually on a really nice run in terms of like a ton of shots on goal right near the end of the year. And then he got injured. Like I picked yeah. him up in fantasy. I was all excited. And then he like got injured and yeah, I got eliminated and that was that. So, uh, <laughs> he, but yeah. his cards are still super cheap. And so you could pick up a chicken for like less than $5, I think. And he, I think is their best defenseman. I think he might be their highest minute muncher next year. That would be, be probably more exciting if he, uh, like if Arizona was a good team and like he yeah. could be their big minute muncher on a team that goes somewhere. Uh, but maybe in a few years, that would be a long-term thing. I guess all these Arizona guys are long-term things at this point. Should we think of who are some coyotes from the past? Should we be well, talking about no, uh, not really like Shane Air, Doan? Yeah, Shane Doan is the only one. Air, like the problem with Arizona is like it's not that they're a bad team, like they are, but that's not the problem. The problem is like they're not a team that really very many people follow. So you kind of have to overcome both things. So if they if they like miraculously became the first best team in the NHL this year, like yeah, that would probably jump their cards a bit, but people still aren't really fans of the Arizona Coyotes, like, unfortunately. I just Googled the top 10 greatest Phoenix Coyotes of all time. Can we count Phoenix in there? Do they have to be people who played in Arizona? Same, same. Yeah, okay. Yeah, they didn't move. Or did they move? They moved arenas, but, like, yeah. yeah. All right, so uh, do you want to guess some? Let's see how many of this list you can can guess. Like, Shane Doan is the only one that really matters to me. (laughs) What about Keith Kachuk? The dad of a couple stars in the league? Okay, I guess if you're talking guys that ever played for Arizona, oh, but okay. I, I guarantee like 9 out of 10 of that list is guys that you remember on a different team. <laughs> Nikolai Habibulin was there? Yeah, Jeremy that's Ronick. true, the Bulin wall. That's cool. Anyway, all right, let's move on. This division <laughs> so far hasn't been too exciting. Vegas was fun. Let's have some fun. Let's go to Colorado. This is, this a, is a team here. Yeah, this is a real team here. This is like a stacked Almost like to an unfair extent, team. Like I just talked about how Vegas looks yeah. stacked. Colorado, like equally, I think they're goaltending. This like maybe Leonard has shown to be a little bit better than like what Colorado has to offer in terms of like you know sure. Francis yeah. and Grubauer. But I think that Francis and Grubauer are both better than Flurry at this point. So I'm gonna call it even in nets <laughs> if you'll allow me. That's I mean. And- that might be a little bit of a stretch, but Colorado is so good. And like before you give me your rundown on who you picked, and I think I know who it'll be, I think you can invest in Colorado players, at least the exciting ones, and you're going to be good regardless of who you pick. 
By the way, it's Franco's. I've been corrected before. Right. Wait, or no, was it what you said it was? Was it on this show? Someone, was, someone yeah. told me that I was saying, okay, Franco's. Yeah. I apologize. Uh, okay. I was even just going to run down like how stacked this team was. Yeah, sure. Like, like, the fact that they just acquired Devon Taves right. recently in the offseason to add to a decor that has Bowen Byram coming in. So, might, so they might have like two good, like Devon Taves is like, you know, not going to be like a huge superstar, but he's like a really good defense in. So we get him and Bowen Byram coming in to a team that already had Kale McCarr, Sam Gerrard, who's a really good, like real life defenseman, even though he doesn't put up a ton of points. Ryan Graves emerged last year as being really good. Eric Johnson, former first overall pick, like super solid. Ian Cole is a guy he's that good. like he he'd be able to make probably any NHL roster. Yep. So that's like right away a stack decor. Then you go to their forwards. They have that amazing line of McKinnon, Ranson, and Landeskog. If they keep them together, they don't even need to now. They could spread them around because then they could have all of a sudden now they have a second line. They could you could put Kadri, Burakovsky, who's broken out. Uh, you have, they just got Brandon Sod in the offseason also for Zdorov, which was just like a, a clear win for Colorado, especially since they don't even need defense, as we've just discussed. And they even have some like up and coming guys. Well, not up and coming anymore, whoa, whoa, but like whoa. good young players. You know, like Tyson Jost is like. But you missed you missed Nazem Kadri. No, I said Kadri. Oh, I said okay. he was like centering the second okay, line. Gotcha. Yeah, Kadri's good. The Valerie Nichushkin was like a really good acquisition. Yeah. Then smart. they have some like guys coming in, like New Hook, and it just you could go on. It's not fair about how good this team is going to be. Uh, so, anyways. I've mentioned a bunch of names. The question is now who to invest in. I think the one I'm going to say I'm not going to invest in, I know a lot of people are buying cards of, honestly, I'm not that excited about Miko Rantanen. So I'm going to throw that out there as my negative pick. Just because I think that we still haven't seen him prove what he can do, like, without playing with McKinnon. And last year, he... I don't know. He, last year he dealt with injuries, so you can't read into those. I still remember one year I had him in fantasy. I think it was, like, his second year in the league. And then McKinnon missed, like, 15 games. And then Rantanen, like, just disappeared and like obviously he was young and whatever and i i, I don't want to make this a negative podcast but i'm just saying like i'd love to see uh like ranton to me still seems line dependent like it's the same in fantasy like i wouldn't draft him in my first round even though he potentially could get 90 plus points because clearly that's how good that colorado top line and top power play is but i feel like i want to have players that i don't have to be worried about if like another player gets injured that now my guy loses a ton of value and i still am not 100 confident that ranton is like a superstar if he's not playing with mckinnon so that's just you know, I, I could be right, I could be wrong, but we don't have evidence yet. And I'm um, yeah. just, just saying that. I don't like that might be the one thing I disagree most on on this entire podcast so far. So you think Rantanen, like I think, if McKinnon was hurt, you think he'd like still get like point per game? Yeah, I think Rantanen is one of the elite players in the league. I think he, given like a full season, uh, he's like dry sidle level, like maybe just below that because dry sidle is friggin' insane, but. Rantanen is a big body. He plays the boards amazingly. Like he's really, 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 really good. Um, and okay, I'm gonna like, watch more Colorado games. Yeah, I think you season. should. Like I watch a lot of West Coast as an Oilers fan. Um, Matthew is saying I'm an idiot in the chat here. <laughs> yeah, he's saying that like, like Rantanen is like Drysaddle with McDavid. The thing is, Drysaddle we've seen. Without McDavid last year, he like carried yeah. the team when McDavid was injured. Like he was uh, on the like hottest line in the league with RNH and Yamamoto, and so yep. yep. I, and it, like, don't get me wrong, Drysaddle is amazing, and I definitely like him more than Rantanen. Oh, but also I got it wrong. Not that anyone cares listening except for these guys, but uh, it was Aaron who said that thing about how I'm totally wrong. Uh, maybe Matt. So that means Matthew agrees with me clearly. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> 
We'll see. I'm not investing in his card. I think it's already like at a high value and I don't see why it would go up. I, like, I guess it's, it's just sort of like if you want to not spend the money on McKinnon so you could spend the money on Ranson, you might think. Uh, but for me, like, yeah, I think my answer could be McKinnon because he's awesome, but he's also like already a super expensive card. So it's tricky for me to expect it to go up much more. Uh, so I'm going to say Kale McCarr, I think, because he's still, he's like definitely highly priced, but he just won the Calder. And I think he's going to be, you know, the star defense. I guess you could say there's some challenge from Bowen Byron potentially, but I feel like McCarr is still pretty exciting. And you, you're spending like $50, $60 for a raw Young Guns, I believe. At least that's what I did It's more a like month 80 ago. today. Yeah. Ugh, so then it's also kind of like a scary, yeah. I don't know. This yeah, is one of those things also where it's so hard to predict because like maybe McKinnon will go, like, I think they're going to go up because like you said, they're a great team. Yeah. They're going to go on a potential on a cup run. I don't have an answer. I need you to help me. Yeah, like, you really can't go super wrong with Colorado. I think McCarr has become a bit too expensive because of last year. Like, we're talking, like, 300 bucks for a PSA 10, and, like, he's amazing. I'm not saying you'd be wrong in buying him. McKinnon, as you said, like, go buy one. It's kind of like buying McDavid. You have no problem. It's going to be fine. You're going to be good. McKinnon's great. Um, Byram is interesting to me, but... Like, considering he hasn't done anything at the NHL level, I'm not quite as into it yet. His card also, like, if you're going to buy a Byram, you should have done it two to four weeks ago, probably, because he's going to be in the World Juniors, and that's going to skyrocket his price, because besides Doc, like, now that Doc's injured, he's kind of my guy that I think will be the MVP of the tournament. Um, And so... The other the other guy I'd mentioned before giving you my choice would be Landeskog because his cards are actually really cheap. You can get one for like twenty ish dollars. Um, PSA tens like aren't that easy to find, but you can get them for like one twenty, one thirty. Um, some cheaper if like you are really patient uh, and probably quite a bit cheaper. But obviously Landeskog, captain, really great player hard to argue yeah. with uh, i don't know about this captain thing like it didn't really happen for headman i guess well, his cards went up quite a bit but yeah like i don't know it, landiscog is definitely a, a more quiet captain right um okay i will say after having thought of it and listening to you and reading the chat i'm switching to mckinnon okay because <laughs> now that i process everything that i said it's like i think this team is like the front runner to win the cup mckinnon is the star of the team like, so that should lead to his cards going up, yep. I think. So I think if you could afford it, get in on McKinnon right now. So that's my answer. Fair enough. And if you can't afford it, come to my corner and buy Rantanen cards because he's <laughs> incredible. And I don't care if he's line dependent. He's playing with McKinnon constantly. Um, and his cards are like 20-ish dollars. You can get PSA 10s relatively cheap. I just got a uh, PSA 10 canvas, actually. It was 110 bucks, which is the same as, like, much, much, much worse players. Mm-hmm. Yeah, canvas. Where where are we at right now with canvas? Are we still, like, Aaron's been saying in our Discord how he thinks maybe it's time, like, canvas cards are going up in value recently. So, like, it used to be that the regular Young Guns was the most viable, and canvas is definitely the second secondary but yeah, it seems it, like it's changing. It's weird because canvas is like by definition, canvas should be better because they're a lot harder to get. Right. Six young guns in every pack and you, or every box I should say, and you might 
get a Young Guns canvas. So it's kind of weird that the price is even close. What I'm seeing is the price is starting to even out. So if I see a Young Guns canvas that's like much cheaper than the Young Guns, I'm pretty happy to buy that. Especially some of these cards, the Young Guns canvas like visually looks a lot better. And mm-hmm. so I feel like that might kind of start to inch it closer and closer and even past the Young Guns as well. Um, but this is, again, just like a theory of mine that they should be more similar and eventually maybe the canvas ones will overtake the regular. You know what? This McKinnon uh, Young Guns PSA 10 card has been going up in value like just recently. Oh, yeah. Like I'm seeing on, in September, it sold for like 800 then, it, like, as I scroll up here, get to October, we're looking at around, like, 900. Mm-hmm. Now, like, recently, 982 on December 16th, an auction. These are auctions. Yep. Like, so, I don't know. It's hard to recommend it. Like, but also, it's going, it, it's, it's going up. I don't know. Has it reached its peak? Probably not. Yeah. I mean, it's, I don't know. it's similar. It's not the same level as McDavid, but it's similar than to McDavid, right? Like, McKinnon might be, like, the American equivalent if if I can make kind of a weird translation to McDavid um, and like, yeah, like I don't think you can go wrong. He's going to be amazing. He's going to be a star in the league for the next few years. Um, spending that much money. I might tell you to go towards McDavid if you have to choose between the two, but certainly not, not a bad choice. And, and I don't think very risky at all. Yeah, he's obviously a stud, and this team is going to be yeah. in the forefront of the league for a few years. All right, so uh, we're on to Minnesota, a much less exciting team. <laughs> yeah. uh, if you've listened to all the episodes of the show, then you already know my answer. So uh, why, don't, why don't you go first, Ryan, because you'll probably have something more interesting to say. Let's make this one quick, because Minnesota is a bad team, and there's nobody to invest in. I, I, was, I had such a hard time with this. Um my answer is Matt Dumba at like $3.50. You hate Kevin Fiala, clearly. Well, <laughs> I I don't believe in Fiala as much. Um, and he's in a Nashville jersey. I Like, I just, I'm not into it. I think that Fiala is on the verge of a huge season. He had half of a huge season last year. He's going to carry that forward this year. Give me 65, 70 points. If that doesn't raise the value of his card... Like, I don't know what would, right? I don't know. I think that Fiala's clearly on his way up. He's still pretty cheap. Uh, the backup, Matthew was saying, I was going to say, if you want to go even cheaper, you could get some Kokkinen's because I think he's going to be their future. Net- I don't think next year, though. I think they're very happy. They just signed Cam Talbot. Yeah. I think that the plan is for Talbot to get... Like, Kokkinen wasn't even supposed to be on the team. It's just that Alex Stalock now is injured. So now right. Kokkinen is going to get an opportunity to be the backup. Uh, obviously, once Kaprizov and Mar- Marco Rossi cards come out, then yeah, yeah, I'd they be, jump on into the scene. Those two, like Rossi and Kaprizov, like Rossi even more for me than Kaprizov. I'll be all yeah. over that. But until then, Marco Rossi, yeah, he might be great. He might even be as good as Fiala one day. Mm, probably better. <laughs> Let's be honest. Everyone's, I mean, sure, yeah. It's like anytime there's a prospect, it's like forget all the existing players. <laughs> like they're all garbage. We'll see. I think that we're we're wrong about. Uh, Fiala here. Like, I think you think wrong. I, I just can't wait. I wish time, you know, because we started this podcast, there hasn't been one NHL game I know, I know. aside from the playoffs, I guess, when we very first started, which yeah. you know, so it's like, I'm really excited to actually start having things to talk about, which is coming soon, it's January coming 13th. So soon. Yeah. I, Minnesota's just also such a bad team that, like, 
Fiala having a bad year like almost won't even prove me right because they're so bad. <laughs> I also think they might not be as bad as people think they're going to be. They're going to be so bad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I guess we'll see. Their defense is strong. I think last year they really got sunk by bad goaltending. I think they might not be as bad as the, and I think that Talbot and Kakinen are going to be a very fine tandem. I think they have good defense. They've got Kaprizov coming in, maybe even Marco Rossi. They've got some other just sort of middle guys like your Joel Erickson X and your Zach Parise's. And, and then they have a superstar in Kevin Fiala. I'm not saying they're going to like, you know, win the cup or anything, but I don't think they're yeah. going to like at the bottom of the league. I mean, they have, they have the luck of being in a division with some other pretty bad teams. Sure. But, that's I, right. They're going to play Anaheim. They're going to play Arizona. Well, Arizona's actually, it's yeah. hard to say if they're bad or not. They're going to play LA. They're going to play San Jose. You're, that's a good point. Like, I think them, Minnesota, and Anaheim could all easily vie for worst team in that division. I think Minnesota's better. But okay, let's go to a team that probably will be the worst in the division, which is the LA Kings. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Great prospect pool. Uh, weak pro pool. Super weak. Uh, save for... I hope you're not going to say everyone sucks there because you definitely can't say that Anche Kopitar sucks. No, you cannot. The best ever Slovenian hockey player. And I bought his young guns. I was excited about it. I thought it looked good. You took a look. You said you don't think it would score higher than like a <laughs> PSA 8. So you broke my heart there. Uh, so I still have a raw Kopitar. <laughs> but, uh, but I like Kopitar, to be honest. And I know we could get into all the young players. And I guess you could also consider Drew Doughty. Okay, so here's the thing. You could get Kopitar, who's still pretty cheap. And I feel like I've said before, like, I kind of like the idea of him being looked, you know, kind of like I said about Paul Korea. Like, I don't think people are going to forget about Kopitar. I think he's just had this amazing career. That said, I have also been very convinced recently by this guy, William Nadeau, who came on an episode of Keeping Carlson to talk about goalies. And he was raving about Cal Peterson and how amazing he's been. And, I think this is the year. So, you know, there was Jack Campbell on the team. So Cal Peterson was in the minors for a while. Whenever someone was injured, Peterson came up and was amazing. Last year when Campbell got traded, Peterson came up, was amazing. As expected, Jonathan Quick is still there. Probably this season, I guess they split time. But just in time for your, uh, you know, this whole big prospect pool to start coming up, like starting with Byfield and we can name a bunch of other guys. Like, I just think that this team is going to be strong in a couple of years, and I think Cal Peterson will be the star goalie. And right now you can get his young gun for very, very cheap, less than $5. So if you're going cheap, I would bet on Cal Peterson. And if you're going not even that expensive, then I would look at Kopitar still. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Peterson was my kind of backup plan. And yeah, if I'm going cheap, which if I'm looking at LA, I probably am going cheaper. But I would probably choose Kopitar first and maybe Dowdy second and that's simply because those guys have Hall of Fame kind of written all over them um and I'm not really jazzed about LA until the next crop becomes available like I'll be super happy to get a Byfield or any of their other guys that are gonna have cards coming out but or even Velarde once the cost of that card goes down a bit but mm-hmm. yeah, I, I just think like Kopitar's super safe. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame and maybe he'll still be around when those guys start to make the team not so bad. Okay, so I agree. And I think we could just move on at this point. I'm excited yeah. for Byfield for sure. Uh, so we'll see when his card comes out. That series two is going to be fun. 
Uh, San Jose Sharks. Mm. How could I not say my favorite player, Eric Carlson? I'm gonna throw it out there right <laughs> now. I love Eric Carlson. I do. Okay, I don't know if he's like the right answer here because his cards aren't that cheap, and I don't know. Like he's obviously not at the peak of his career anymore. I do think that he still has another big season in him or two. Like he's been dealing with some injuries. Now he's had all this time to heal. I saw a Roto World article that made me very excited, saying like that Carlson may be like the healthiest he's been since joining the Sharks right now. So I think he could have a big season. I don't know if it's enough to take the Sharks into like being a strong team again, which means it's hard to imagine that like the value of Carlson like jumps up too, too much. Well, uh, but, you know, don't forget that the Sharks dealt like I know they were so terrible. Like Brian, my co-host for keeping Carlson is always like just like least recently been talking about how the San Jose is like terrible. He doesn't see any reason why they'll be better. And I kind of disagree. Just like, you know, Couture missed a lot of time. Like Hurdle missed a lot of time. Carlson yeah. wasn't at 100 percent. Like, I feel like if they have all their stars back, like, yeah, they're not like as amazing as they were a couple of years ago. Back, I guess, like I guess losing Joe Pavelski definitely like, obviously that hurt. Like they lost yeah. like, one of their big names. Yeah. Not that Pavelski has been such a big guy for Dallas, but I think the Sharks could be decent. I think, uh, okay. like, yeah. the Sharks have some pieces. Their depth is kind of worrisome, especially in a year like this one, where it's going to be, you know, your depth is going to make a big difference in a shortened season. But Carlson carried a very mediocre Senators team to a relative amount right. of success. So if he really, truly is back at, like, you know, vintage Carlson, if you can even call it that, then I could see him carrying them to a certain extent, like maybe to the point where like they're better than LA, Minnesota and Anaheim. (laughs) And that'll be kind of where they end up. They mean they, some goaltending would help. Like having Martin Jones and Devin Dubnik as their tandem doesn't inspire confidence. I guess there's this Melnichuk guy coming up. I'm almost just hoping that Jones or, I don't want to wish injury on anyone, but if Jones or Dubnik could like tweak something, then they bring in Melnichuk and then he's like actually good. And then now we don't have to worry about one of these bad goalies playing and hopefully Melnichuk is actually as good. Anyway, so now we're talking about the Sharks. We have to pick a player. I, we've we talked also on the show about Brent Burns and how hilarious yeah. his young guns card is just because he looks like a, like a completely different person. So that's a fun buy if you could get him for cheap. Uh, I'm just going to say Carlson. How can I not say Eric Carlson? They have a lot, like, I, I bought a Timo Meyer PSA 10 mm-hmm. recently for like pretty cheap, like $60. And I think he could be on the, maybe not this year, but like I think he could have some big seasons in his future. So that would be fun. But I'll say, I'm just going to say Carlson. Yeah, so my pick is Timo Meyer. Um, I think he has a lot of room to grow. He's a the guy that goes to the net. He's going to score goals. His PSA ten, like if you're patient, you can get for like fifty, sixty bucks. Uh, raw is like five. Um, so that's where I'm going. I also want to give a nod to Patrick Marlowe, who's going to hit the Hall of Fame for hitting the most games played out of any NHL player. That's true. Is that what? worth? That's got to be worth something, right? You can get them. He can get his rookie cards for five bucks. Like really? Yeah, it's kind of. Like, oh, it's like the old ones, right? Where he's with Team Canada, and it's like yeah, yeah. back in the nineties when you know. It's like how my Joe Thornton exactly. rookie is also not worth it's anything. Exactly the same. Um, but you know, if you have a bunch of those, or you manage to get a few graded as PSA tens, like Marlowe is going to go down in history as kind of in competition with Joe Thornton as the best shark ever. That's a good point. So, I mean, I obviously can't argue with the price, but obviously that's not going up. Right. I don't know. Maybe it will go up when he does pass that game's yeah. played record. Yeah, it could be huge. Yeah. 
Okay, you know what? Maybe that's the right answer then at this point, but I, I still can say Carlson. By the way, uh, Aaron was saying that, you know, like I was bringing up those McKinnon prices and saying it's up at around 1000 He was saying that even seems low. Right. I'm looking at, so I was just looking at eBay sold prices in Canadian dollars. Uh, PSA 10 right now, McKinnon, I'm Google, uh, like I searched for it and I can't find one. Like there's not even one listed currently yeah. that I'm seeing at, for auction. There are, like, there are buy it now, which are a lot more. Yeah, probably people aren't putting it for auction because they feel like they're maybe not happy with the price it's going for. If there was uh, one that goes up for auction, I expect it to go around a thousand because that's what it's been going for recently. But yeah, right now you can't get one if you want one (laughs) for that cheap. Yeah, that's kind of the problem with like just looking at what the sold prices are because sometimes you look at that and you're like, oh, nice, I'd like to get that at that price, but like nobody wants to give you it at that price. You kind of have to Mm -hmm. look at that and then judge what the market has available. It's a bit tough. Um, especially on a guy that is that good and, you know, anytime a McKinnon PSA 10 hits the market, the price goes up just because a new one's there. So, okay. Yeah. And I guess with that and all this difficulty that we're dealing with buying McKinnons, I think you'll have an easier time getting whoever we're going to say on St. Louis. Not that they're a bad team, but they do not have a, a huge superstar. At one point, it looked like Vladimir Tarasenko was going to turn into like a huge superstar in the league. And then he had like a couple disappointing-ish seasons, you know, relative to what we were expecting. And now recently, he's been dealing with these injury troubles. We don't even know if he's going to play this year. He's going to get evaluated in February. Yeah. So I don't know. Like you could say it's like a good time to you know quote unquote buy low on a Tarasenko young gun, but also like maybe his career is over or like not over, but like maybe he's like the old Tarasenko will never come back. Yeah. It's so once we take away, yeah, it's really tough. So once we get rid of Tarasenko, who do you, who who are we picking here yeah. on St. Louis? It's hard. Tarasenko's I like like, I like O'Reilly. Tarasenko's mm-hmm. kind of my runner up because. His value is definitely low because he hasn't done anything recently, relatively speaking to who he really is. If he can get back to being that guy, that value will 100% go up. But, you know, you're betting on a guy that has some injury trouble. Um, He's on a good team. So if he can stay healthy and, like, figure it out, I have no problem investing in Tarasenko. But that kind of makes him my second guy. I also looked at Bennington quickly, and I think that still could be a good decision, but his price of his card has gone up a lot. Like, it's like $75 for a raw Bennington. What? Um, yeah, because wow, like, I would not spend that. He could be this next goalie. He's still so young. Um, and, and like, goalies that enter the league at his age are few and far between. Um, he won the cup early. So I think that's interesting but it, it still scares me a bit. It's a bit high. Um, and so I started and, looking... And to be fair, when you say he's so young, he's 27, which is like for a goalie, that's, you know, good. I'm not saying he's old, obviously, but also he's not like, you know, Carter Hart or no, like no. Shostjorkin, like in the early 20s. Yeah, no, he's not He's not the Carter Hart, like, prodigy. Like, I'm stoked on Hart. Um, but having won a cup at 27, like, you're doing pretty well. Oh. But I always don't even, like, see ice till 27. Definitely. I just am saying, I wonder if like this $75 is like kind of already riding the coattails of winning that cup. And it might be hard to follow that up with something that brings it up. Yeah. I mean, like if he wins another one, like it'll be incredible. Um, But yeah, I started looking at their younger guys because I didn't really see a ton of like investment value in the guys that are currently doing it there. Um, And so I actually went with a guy named Jordan Cairo. 
Ah, that's what Matthew suggested in the chat here. Oh, nice. All right, we're on the same wavelength. So you can get them for like a five, six bucks. Um, it's hard to judge what like the PSA 10 value is because it's such a new card. There's only been a couple sold. Um, those sold at like 50 bucks, but it's like you might have to pay more than that. But yeah, he's kind of similar to Hayton in the way that he's one of the top prospects in the league. Um, the difference is if he makes the blues, he's joining a very good team, whereas Hayden's joining a very bad team. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think that Cairo is someone that I've heard people talk about. Like Robert Thomas is another yeah. young player on the team that could, you know, once he gets into the top six, he could do something. Yep. There is one name that you haven't brought up that I thought you would. So I guess I will do it. Uh, well, first, actually, as a lead up to that, I'll bring up Vili Huso just as the counterpoint yeah. to Binnington. That if Binnington, like he really struggled in the playoffs last year and didn't have the most amazing season. So who knows? Maybe Binnington could get Binnington like Jake yeah. Allen did. And then Vili Huso could take over. But we'll see. Like you know, Huso is someone like I could bring up his like minors numbers. But obviously, like it's very different. Like Binnington wasn't a superstar in the minors yeah. necessarily. He was good. Like, don't get me wrong. Anyway. OK, I'm going to just bring up, though, Tori Krug as someone to discuss because yeah. he's been signed to a big, long, long-term contract with the team. Uh, I don't know if that's the kind of thing that generally makes a player's card go up. It uh, doesn't seem that it's gone up too much yet. Like, you can still buy a Tory Krug, Young Guns. I'm, ugh, so tricky when you search for, like, things listed right now. Yes. Because, you know, a lot of people put it at buy it now. It's for, like, too high. But if I will, even though we've said the reasons why maybe looking at the sold items doesn't mean that's the price you can get it for. But if you just look at auctions for Tory Krug, Young Guns, that have sold recently, we are looking at... Not that much money. Like we're talking like I see one for 15, one for five. So I guess kind of one for 10. So kind of all over the place. We're talking like less than $20 yep. for a raw. Let's see if I could find a PSA 10 here. And like, so Krug is going to like lead this top power play. I think like Trangelo's oh, gone. Sure. Yeah. Krug is there. Like Colton Pareko is good, but I think he's more of like an awesome all around player yeah. and not like an offensive guy. Like Krug could end up throwing up 50, 60 points next year. And if St. Louis goes on another run, I don't know. Like he yeah. might be someone uh, for this price point. I might even just say, you know, if you were saying to spend $5 on a Cairo, maybe just spend $10 on a Tory Krug who has a much sure shot of being an impact guy in the next season and, and, you know, and following like the next few seasons. Yeah. I don't hate that at all. Like I still like my relatively new theory is like get guys that were drafted and their rookie card is in the Jersey they play with. So like him being in a Boston Jersey kind of hurts his value in my eyes. Um, so, but I, but I don't think you're wrong. Like he's going to be the power play guy. He's going to be very good there. I think um, one guy I skipped over is Rob Thomas, who I think, and I think you, yeah, mentioned I brought him, him up. Oh, okay. Yeah. You mentioned him. Yeah. Like his value isn't much more than Kairos and I couldn't, it was hard for me to decide. I think his ceiling isn't as high as Kairos, but he's going to be kind of like almost like the Nugent Hopkins on their team where like everyone in St. Louis loves the guy, but he doesn't get the hype around the league. Right. And then we haven't mentioned like the Ryan O'Reilly, Jaden Schwartz, right. like Braden Shen, but they're guys who probably have had their best seasons at this point. Like Ryan O'Reilly already won his consummate. That would have been, if you bought it before that year and then sold it now, you did well. But now I don't know if Ryan O'Reilly has like yet another right. surge like a, a, after that. So, okay. This has been fun. Our tour around the Pacific division. 
So next week we'll cover the the central. What, what's it called? The east? <laughs> yeah. Or the so central. <laughs> we just covered what is the west division. Oh, of course. Uh, which base? Like I don't know. It's called the west division. They called them northwest, central, and east, um, which is odd. But like n- north being not Canada is really weird to me. Um, we called it the Canada division on the podcast, so we're gonna call it that. But yeah, next week we are doing the Central Division, which is what they're calling it now. Which... The Central Division minus um, a couple of teams we already covered, right? And then adding on Boston and Buffalo, who we didn't cover when we did yeah. our like East quote unquote division. Okay, so that this has been fun. Uh, thanks everyone for listening, and until next time, what should everyone do, Ryan? <laughs> Well, firstly, they should have a very oh. happy holidays because oh, right, of course. will be off. <laughs> uh, but also, go get them young guns. <laughs>